superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zerpia, and it is week one, which means it's time to stash some guys in the waiver wire because you're smarter than everyone else, and that's why you're listening to this show right here or watching us on YouTube. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And, of course, we're going to be hitting today not only some waiver wire stashes, but also having some debates about some starts and sits in the rankings where Erickson has some guys a little different than Fitz, where Fitz has some guys a little different than Erickson. We're going to talk about that and even take some questions right here on the podcast. But it is so great, gentlemen, to have you here. We got our new fresh logos rocking everywhere. I've got a shirt. Pat's got a hat and a backdrop. Erickson's got the backdrop. We are representing the company today. Andrew Erickson, how good is it to realize that on Thursday we're going to have real football to talk about? I'm excited. You know, I don't need to keep rehashing the same statistics over and over and over again that we've been talking about (laughs) since June because we're going to actually have new information. We get to watch a game that actually matters, and we're getting more injury news. Things are just becoming even more spicy with this Travis Kelsey injury. Is he going to play? So, you know, it looked like, all right, Chiefs are going to win. Maybe it'll be close, but now it's like the Lions going to pull off the upset? Where's the line moving? Oh, this is great. Couldn't ask for a better Thursday Uh, night setup. Well, go over and check out betting pros because I got lots of feelings. I just dropped a video about that whole situation because that line's moved now to five. But that's that's a different that's a different show. This is about fantasy fits. I know the Kelsey stuff has a lot of people already kind of shaking their boots early. It would not surprise me, you know, if he did kind of get out there on the field. But I guess the big question is when it comes to Travis Kelsey, do you think that you should start him regardless if he is on that field or not? Oh, man. Yeah, if he's on the field, you got to play him. You know, it's not like wide receiver running back where you've got a wealth of good options behind him. Like the the tight end position is still pretty gross after like Kelsey and and Mark Andrews is also dealing with an injury, apparently. So um, we got issues here. And I'm just going to take the blame for the whole Kelsey thing. Um, I was always sort of a don't draft a tight end in the first round guy Mm. in past years. This year, of course, I caved and drafted Kelsey all over the place. So it's my fault. I'll fall on the sword. I I jinxed it. Sorry, Kelsey investors. Drop your comments below on the YouTube <laughs> channel. Share all your hatred and 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 uh, vitriol for uh, Pat Fitzmaurice finally cracking on the tight end. But seriously, let's get to some of the waiver wire stashes here on the show. And obviously, you know, as we continue to go through these, you can follow all the content we have over here, fantasypros.com. You can follow Fitz and Erickson, fantasypros.com slash Fitz. That's a great way to find all the articles that Fitz is getting you prepped for the season because that's what we're doing here. So Fitz, let's start with you. Give me a waiver wire stash here right before we get into real action that matters that people maybe should consider stashing on their bench. Let's go with Titans running back Ty J Spears. And I feel like Spears is sort of the definition of what a waiver wire stash should be. No real standalone value as long as Derrick Henry is healthy. But if anything were to happen to Henry, um, Spears would absolutely be a lottery ticket. You could cash. He'd probably be a, you know, weekly low end RB one at worst. Um, and he was good in the preseason. Like he averaged 5.3 carries, uh, after averaging, I think like seven yards per carry in his final season at Tulane, he led all running backs who had at least 15 carries in the preseason, um, with 4.73 
yards after contact per carry. So pretty impressive. This guy runs hard. And um, yeah, if anything were to happen to Henry, Spears is a guy you would want to have in your back pocket. All right, Erickson, this is a great time where people really don't pay much attention to waivers. Sometimes they, you know, they draft their team. They're like their team now. But do you see a few guys who's on your list? Maybe that's worth stashing now before next week when everybody's running to the waiver wire to maybe get them. Yeah, I'm looking at the running back position. I think that running back is usually the best position to stash because it's all about, you know, if this guy goes down, you could see that another player taking on a bigger role where it's a little bit tougher at wide receiver and tight end. So for me, it's Joshua Kelly for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think that he kind of established himself throughout training camp, throughout the preseason games as their direct backup to Austin Eckler coming off a really strong year. And he fits the new Kellen Moore offense in terms of his downhill running style. We saw in Dallas with Kellen Moore, he used two running backs all the time. He used Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott and he used Tony Pollard. Now, do I expect that to be the case in L.A.? No, not necessarily. But we haven't seen a lot of this starting offense with Kellen Moore calling the shots because they haven't started any of their guys during the preseason. So if Joshua Kelly then comes out and is actually complimenting Austin Eckler more than we would think, oh, man, like you want this guy on your roster He plays on the Los Angeles Chargers offense, one of the top five offenses in the NFL. And you can have a guy that's one injury away from, oh, double digit touches in one of the best offenses in the NFL. And he's not owned anywhere. Like he is free on waiver wire because no one really saw him. He really hasn't had that splash game because Eckler has been healthy over the last two years. Is that going to continue? I'd be suspect about that just because of the way that Eckler is a little bit smaller of a running back. So I think Joshua Kelly, especially with the Los Angeles Chargers offense, kind of the selling point. I think he's a good guy to stash. All right, so Joshua Kelly, Tajay Spears, a couple of running backs here. Fitz, give me another player that's worth uh, a stash possibly before we start kickoff. Another running back, and for me, it's another rookie, Joe. It's Sean Tucker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Tucker was an undrafted free agent, but he would have been drafted if not for a heart condition that was detected during a pre-draft physical. And, um, you know, there were worse running backs drafted than Tucker. He had over 1,000 rushing yards each of his last two years at Syracuse double-digit touchdowns in each of those seasons. And it's interesting because we didn't see the Buccaneers make any sort of move in free agency to bring in a veteran running back, or at least a a prominent running back, um, to sort of share the load with Rashad White. But we don't know if White can, you know, take on some sort of massive workload. He had Leonard Fournette as a platoon partner last year, and maybe he needs another platoon partner this year. Tucker has reportedly ascended to number two on the depth charts. And, um, you know, if indeed the Bucks do want to operate a committee this year, Tucker could play a prominent part in that. So um, I think he could have standalone value conceivably. And if anything were to happen at White, like Tucker could be immensely valuable. Yeah. So you're fading Chase Edmonds over Sean Tucker, just for everybody, there's clarity out there. Yes. Yes. This episode of the Fantasy Pros podcast is brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks, and they're kicking off football season with the meatiest of fantasy football loser punishments, the ultimate meat roast. All you have to do is answer a few questions and your fantasy league could win a trip. All expenses paid after the season's over to watch your league's loser get roasted by none other than Rob Corddry, Hollywood's fantasy football aficionado and revered comedic roaster. Enter your league now through September 7th for official rules to learn about the contest. Visit jacklinksmeatroast.com. Again, that's jacklinksmeatroast.com. And of course, this is all brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. And now back to the action. 
Uh, let's get to another guy. So far, three running backs. Erickson, you want to go for four? Yep, I'm going to go dive into the <laughs> rookie pool here as well with Evan Hull, the rookie running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Look, I don't think that he's necessarily the week one play. I think that is still Deion Jackson, who I think is really more rostered more heavily because it looks like he's going to be the projected day one starter. But your stashing means you're playing the long game. And I think that Evan Hull is a better player than Deion Jackson is. It may not be in week one that it's apparent to the coaching staff and to those that are watching, but I think that he's better than Deion Jackson. And you can see from his college profile, 35% dominating mm-hmm. back-to-back seasons. He's a full-blown three-down workhorse at college, forced over 100 missed tackles, was catching the ball out of the backfield, good athleticism, whereas Deion Jackson was undrafted for a reason. Like, he's just a guy. And I understand that he had that massive game last year against the Jaguars because Matt Ryan was just, like, peppering him with dump-off targets <laughs> left and right. That's not sustainable. That's not a sustainable model for any offense. So I don't think Deion Jackson, he would be someone I look to sell if he doesn't press after week one because I think Evan Hall is the long-term bet if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, if he gets traded to a different team, I like Hall as that stash. I feel like we're the Evan Hall podcast because I remember back in February, Thor and Debro were at Senior Bowl. And I remember they recorded a podcast there because they loved Evan Hall. And I think maybe 30 of the 40 minutes they spent talking about Evan Hall. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. But I, that's kind of how he got onto my radar. And he was the big takeaway guy for them. And then I watched him at the Combine. A lot of us did. We were all very impressed. And he was the guy, if you recall, kept running every single ball that he caught, every single handoff he took all the way to the end zone. And Rich Eisen and everybody were really kind of just looking at this kid and saying, look at this guy. Look at this. This is like throwback old school kind of guy. It would be great to see Evan Hull kind of get a bigger role here as time goes on. We'll see what happens for all those people who drafted Jonathan Taylor at various points this offseason. All right. Give me a non- running back here fits. I know we have a lot of running backs worth stashing. That's good. But is there anybody else non running back that we want to target? How about a tight end, Joe? How about yes. Joe? Uh, how about Luke Musgrave? There we of, go. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and Musgrave was reportedly just a revelation in Green Bay's training camp this year. Like he just took that starting tight end role, seized it. Um, and like they were even running jet sweeps to Luke Musgrave in training camp. So like they're excited about his athleticism and why not? This guy was like a star lacrosse player in high school. He's a slalom skier. Um, and he's got NFL bloodlines with his uncle Bill, who I believe was a quarterback and uh, assistant coach yes. in the league for a long time. So um, Musgrave was on the field for pretty much every snap Jordan Love took during the preseason. And Love played a lot more snaps than most starting quarterbacks because the Packers are trying to figure out exactly what he is and what sort of offense they have. You know, a lot of young pass catchers here. Um, What we really like is that Musgrave ran a pass route on more than 80% of his snaps in the preseason, or more than 80% of Love's dropbacks. So he's not just out there blocking. He is involved in the passing game. And, um, you know, with his size and speed, he can be a nice mismatch for the Packers. So I think he's going to be – not really a stash. Like, I, I think you could play him in week one against the Bears if you're hurting at tight end. Now, in the offseason, Fitz, are you more of a, a slalom guy or more of a moguls guy? Yeah, I'm a, I am I just cannonball straight downhill. Is that I'm, what it I'm is? I'm like a ski yeah. jumper, Joe. I, I like taking the big <laughs> leaps off the ramp. So I'm, I'm Eddie the Eagle, baby. I think Erickson's more of a hot cocoa in the cabin guy. I don't know. Is that true, Erickson? Or are you out there? Are you out there on the powder or no? I shred a little bit. Shred the powder on my, New on, my, on my snowboard. So, yeah. I may or may not shred a little powder. Yeah, you're a snowboard guy. You look cool. You got your spiky hair. <laughs> you look like somebody have a Tony Hawk video game. Give me another guy 
uh, non-running back that's worth stashing at the waiver wire. I'm going back to the same Green Bay Packers, except I'm doing wide receiver, looking at Jaden Reed. So Jaden Reed has kind of emerged as the clear slot receiver starting in the Packers offense. I really liked his college profile coming out. He was a second round pick, which is the same as Christian Watson. You have Romeo Dobbs, who's dealing with a lingering hamstring injury. We don't know what his status is for week one. So look, I think Watson is ultimately that big play guy in this offense. But I don't know if Watson is necessarily the move the chains guy where he is racking up reception. So it could be Musgrave or it could be Jaden Reed that really is vacuuming those underneath targets in this offense because it can't always just be Christian Watson catching bombs from Jordan Love. That's just not sustainable for an offense. So I think that Jaden Reed, especially given the injury to Romeo Dobbs and given his draft capital, he was a, he was a top 50 pick. Like he got, he had a lot of investment from this Green Bay Packers off uh, organization. And I think so far he has given them what they wanted. They very clear with the Packers, like what they want to do on offense. They have 11 personnel. They have their starting three receivers, their number one tight end. And that's what they want to roll with a bunch of young guys with Jordan love. So yeah, there's a lot of upside taking shots on any of these players who could potentially emerge. If it is not Christian Watson or if Watson is to suffer an injury like last year, the young and up and coming green Bay Packers. Those not usually not the words we, uh, we put all together in the same sentence, but it's kind of fun. So Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, and then the running backs, Joshua Kelly, Tajay Spears, Sean Tucker, Evan Hull. Those are the stashes here. Try to slide them through before anybody really notices, put a buck on them. People are like, Oh wait, I didn't even realize the waiver wire was open. It happens all the time. Everybody be proactive, not reactive. That way come Monday, you're already sitting pretty for a buck and you've got $99 of fab left and they've got a whole bunch of problems, but you having that player is not one. See that? That's a little Jay-Z for you this morning. All right, let's get to the ranks because game time is right around the corner. And by the way, speaking of game time, the game time app is the best way to get tickets for any game you want to go to. And game time is the official ticketing partner of the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast for the last uh, amazing deals that you can get in the last minute here. You can go to game time this September all the way through the season. You can get tickets for your favorite football team or not just football. You can go to baseball games too. There's playoffs right around the corner for baseball. Hockey and NBA are going to be here before you know it too. The game time app is there for you. Uh, whether you want to go to concerts, whether you want to go to comedy shows, or even your favorite sporting events. So all you have to do is download the app and redeem that promo code FANTASYPROS, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the Game Time app, put in that promo code FANTASYPROS, and you get the $20 off no matter where you live. Get out there, have some fun, see some football, go have a couple laughs at the comedy show, download the Game Time app today. Again, last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. That sounds like a good combination. Now, when we're looking at the ranks here at fantasypros.com slash rankings, sometimes the guys disagree, which is great. We love the disagreement here because it makes for good theater, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to put on good television. So let's start with a running back here as we're going to go through some of these rankings. Erickson, you've got James Conner ranked as RB21. The ECR is kind of with you. You're at 22 overall. And then Fitz, you've got him at 25, a little bit lower down the trough. Now, Erickson, I want you to talk about Connor because my concern here is although I know that James Connor is going to be that guy who's going to get the lion's share of the carries here, I have distinct concerns about this offense and the game script in this game where they're going to probably be behind not only this week, but maybe most of the year. So how do you feel about this ranking where you have him here at 21? Because that still feels pretty confident to me. Well, I'm confident because he's going to get all the volume. Like you said, lion's share. I'm looking at all of it. Like, like, why is he going to lose out in touches to Keontae Ingram? James Conner is healthy right now. Like, the biggest concern with Conner from redraft was like, 
okay, is he going to break down as the season progresses? It's week one. Like, if you're not starting James Conner when he's at his healthiest, then why did you draft him in the first place? So, yeah, the matchup's not great against the Commanders, but, again, it's still Sam Howell making his second NFL start, so weird things can happen. Maybe they can keep this game a little bit closer than the Vegas spread would indicate. And last year, we saw James Conner play six games without Kyler Murray. Average points per game, 21. Six games without Kyler Murray last year. So, yeah, I get that the matchup's not great and the Cardinals suck, all those reasons, but he's going to get over 20 touches in this game. And what what do we see in fantasy all the time? Volume is king, especially at running back. So right now with James Conner healthy, that's why I feel like he is in that top 20 fringe play as like a mid-range RB2 in week one. All right, let's go to you on James Conner here, Fitz. Your thoughts on, you know, have Conner a little bit lower down the trough. Obviously, he's still kind of in that RB2 range for you, sir. You're still starting him, but what are your expectations? Yeah, you might have no choice, especially if you're like me and, and went with a zero RB build in a lot of uh, leagues and, and, you know, wound up with Connor as your first or second running back. But um, uh, my concerns are sort of the same ones you outlined, Joe, just the possibility of negative game scripts um, and like 20 carries, Erickson. I'm not sure if I can guarantee well, tw- that. 20 touches, um, it's be 20, hard. Touches, 20 touches, 20 touches, because he's going to be involved in the passing game too. Like he'll catch dump offs or tune or whoever they have by quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but what what could short circuit Connor's week is if the Cardinals offense is just terrible. Um, They can't sustain drives, pick up first downs, keep the chains moving. Um, So then maybe that volume isn't there for him. Washington was 10th in DVOA against the run last year. It's not a good matchup, as Erickson mentioned. And, uh, you know, the the Washington might be able to load the box if um, the Cardinals can't do any business through the air. So it's just not an ideal situation. You know, I I don't like hate the idea of putting Connor in your starting lineup. I'm just not quite as high on him as Erickson and ECR. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with Connor this week. But then again, I have massive concerns about the Cardinals. Another player that's up for debate. I know a lot of people have shares of Dalvin Cook, but nobody's quite sure exactly what to make of the situation here with Brees Hall, with him, both of them coming back from injuries, respectively. So, Erickson, this is another guy that you're higher on than Fitz. You have him at RB29. ECR's at 32, which is actually a little bit closer to Fitz at RB34. So, Erickson, what's your case for Dalvin Cook? Is it just as simple as, hey, it's week one, we know Hall's going to be eased back in? Is that basically it? I mean, I think so. Like, why else would they bring Dalvin Cook in? Like, wasn't this the whole thesis of the play of of drafting Dalvin Cook? Like, if you drafted Dalvin Cook, like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you draft him because you probably thought, okay, they're going to ease Brees Hall back in. That doesn't mean Brees Hall is going to be, like, an outright inactive player, that he's probably going to still be active on game days during the start of the year. But you drafted Cook because, hey, I'm punting off running back a little bit. I'm going to use Cook in the beginning of the year. So, yeah, that's why I have him inside my top 30 running backs. I think he can be a worthwhile RB3 flex play. And, I mean, the matchup I don't think is really that bad against Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo's run defense is anything that's, like, you should be afraid of. They lost Traymon Edmonds in the offseason. I'm not afraid of their defensive line. They don't have Von Miller. He's coming back from an injury. And the Jets running backs were productive in two games against the Bills last year. The Jets offense was horrible last year. So, with zero threats in the passing game. So, Zonovan Knight finished his week as the RB13. Michael Carter was the RB9 the week that he played the Bills. And that was not on, oh, they're the only guy in show, like the only guy in town. Like neither of those guys had like a bell cow workload, you know, 12 carries for Carter, 17 carries for Knight. So could see Dalvin Cook easily putting up 70 rushing yards, scores a touchdown. And there you go. You've got a top 24 running back. So yeah, for me, it's between Cook and Hall. I'll probably favor on the Cook side just to think that he's healthier at this point. 
Now, you've got Cook, you know, well, let's see, honestly, you both have him as a flex play. But obviously, for you, Fitz, if it comes down to Cook and, say, a wide receiver three on a good offense, are you leaning that way this week? Because the Cook, you know, we could easily see the Cook share start to go away if Brees Hall looks really good right out of the gate, despite whatever workload, quote unquote, we're concerned with. Yeah, Cook is never going to be more playable than he is uh, right now, probably. Mm-hmm. And yet I still don't want to play him, which is why I didn't draft him <laughs> anywhere. Um, I mean, he's the second best running back on the team. Agreed. Brees Hall's better. No question about that. We're going to see some of Brees Hall. So we, we just can't trust the Cook workload, even though, yes, it's probably going to be bigger now than it will be in week 10. Um, like, Cook barely practiced with the team right? and didn't play in any preseason games. Oh, and by the way, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, uh, there's a very real concern that the Jets' offensive line is terrible. So, um, like, <laughs> iffy workload, bad offensive line. Like, I just don't want to play Cook this week. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Nutrafol. Guys, men think losing their hair is inevitable. It's something that's been on my mind a lot as I've started to get older. But I want you to take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. And this is something that 80% of men will experience in their lifetime, hair thinning. It's completely normal but that doesn't mean it has to be your fate. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair healthness wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after just six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code FANTASYPROS. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, dot com slash men and enter promo code fantasy pros that's com slash men promo code fantasy pros witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. 
They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experience the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table. Ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Uh, let's get to some guys that Fitzy on the running back side likes more than Erickson. Let's start with Alexander Madison. Fitz, you've got him at RB19. Erickson's got him at 26. The ECR is with you, though, Fitz. So the force is behind you. RB19 over on the ECR. Again, you can check that out. Fancypros.com slash rankings. You can see where all the expert consensus rankings are. Help you make decisions with all of our tools, too, that we have. Your who should I start? The, the ranks tools, all of that good stuff. But here's a question for you, Fitz, because Madison's workload seems pretty clear to me. And I think they're going to be up in this game. So I'm actually leaning towards really feeling pretty confident about Alexander Madison being a top 20 back. And so are you. Are you seeing things the same way in terms of game script against the Bucks this week? I am, Joe. And we know Madison's not the most talented running back in the league, but uh, a lot of times opportunity matters more than talent. And Madison is a, a jack of all trades who does everything well enough. And based on everything we've heard from every Vikings beat writer, so far, Kevin O'Connell is perfectly comfortable rolling out Alexander Madison as his lead back this year. And we have seen Madison make six starts uh, at various times in his career. For those six starts, he's averaged 79 and a half rushing yards and 36 receiving yards. That's 115 yards a game, uh, 200 yard rushing games, five touchdowns in six games. Like he's done it when Dalvin Cook has been out. So um, as you said, Looks like it's probably going to be a favorable game script with the Vikings favored by almost a touchdown against the Buccaneers at home. I think he's a really strong play this week. All right. Um, you've got him as RB26, Erickson, which is, again, kind of that fringe RB2. Uh, Pat seems a little bit more confident. Why are you seeing Madison maybe more as a flex play or maybe even somebody that if you had a really good wide receiver in a two wide receiver league and you had an extra third one that was really good, maybe you'd want to play over Madison? 
Well, I'm not as confident that he's just going to get this like insane workload. Like, I understand that's what beat reporters are saying, but beat reporters are wrong all the time on certain things. So it's like, <laughs> I want to see this coaching staff give him the workload. We have not seen a Kevin O'Connell-led offense give him a solid workload. And the games that Fitz mentioned, his six starts, half of them were against the Lions. And those are the games where he was productive. Like, the Buccaneers' run def- the Buccaneers defense is good. Like, they still have a lot of their players that were on that Super Bowl team that they have a really good run defense. Like, Vita Vea is still there. They drafted Kalaj Kansi. I know he's dealing with an injury, but he's a mauler inside against the run. So, yeah, we talked about, no one ever starts the conversation about how good Alexander Madison is because he's not that good. So, I don't think when he's not facing the Lions, like, I don't think that he's going to be that good. So, that's why I have him outside my top 24 running backs. Now, I'll be more than happy to come on the show next week and be like, they gave him 20 touches? I was wrong. Like, and that's, and he's got the, he's got that workload all set up to himself and he'll be a great pick. But as of right now, week one, like I'm not willing to just thrust him over the rankings because of what the beat reporters are saying when we literally haven't seen it at all. And Ty Chandler, I think has looked actually pretty good during the preseason. And he's kind of carved out his way up the depth chart after some of the injuries to some of the other Vikings running backs. So those are my only hesitations with Madison. Okay. Let's talk about Cam Akers, another guy that uh, was, well, let's just say frustrating last season. That's probably a good way to put it. It's very political. We'll just not leave it at that. I don't want to tear any scabs for anybody who drafted Cam Akers high last year and was disappointed. But Akers this year, it looks like at least potentially a fresh start for him. Erickson, you've got him as RB19, but Fitz, you've got him all the way at RB16. The ECR is at RB18. So Fitz, your expectations here week one for Cam Akers. Are we going to see a repeat of what happened last year where we all thought he was the running back and everything was going to be fine and then it all fell apart and was terrible for many, many weeks before the close of the season? Or are we finally going to get off on the right foot here with Akers in week one? Oh, Lord, I hope we get off on the right <laughs> foot with him, Joe. I mean, it was really hard to have been in Akers stand all last offseason and yeah. then uh, sit there and watch that home openers. He's sitting on the bench and uh, Daryl Henderson is is taking every snap. Um, but we did, by the end of the season, see heavy, heavy volume for Cam Akers. Um, led the NFL in rushing over the last six weeks and ranked RB4 and half-point PPR scoring over that stretch. So, you have to think he's going in as the incumbent. Yes, Kyron Williams is probably going to play on obvious passing downs and maybe get some change of pace uh, work, a series or two here or there. But Akers is the lead guy. Seattle's a good matchup. They gave up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs last year and the sixth most rushing yards to running backs. Um, and you would think that with Cup out for the Rams that they would endeavor to have offensive balance to try to keep Matthew Stafford upright and, and mix run and pass. So um, maybe there's even some early down receiving upside for Cam Akers with cup out of action. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not wildly confident about having him as a high end running back, too, but I'm confident enough in starting him in week one. OK, uh, you were confident in starting him week one. Erickson is still there because you got him as RB19. So he's a starter for you. But I guess the real question is, what are the expectations for him in week one? Yeah, I think that the expectations for him are, okay, he's going to get double-digit carries, going to post some solid rushing production. So I think that there is a floor that he can offer you. But then outside of that, okay, what's the touchdown appeal in an offense with the Rams without Cooper Cup? Like, are they Mm going to move the ball? So, like, does he have a lot of touchdown upside? Probably not. Okay, receiving. What if they fall behind? How much is he running routes? Or is it Kyron Williams? So I I think that the rushing is locked and loaded. And hopefully he can rip off a big run or two against a beatable defense. But 
don't know where the touchdowns are, have no idea how he's going to be using the receiving role. And then there's always that like 5% chance that Sean McVay is like, you know what? I just like Kyron Williams more today. Like, I'm just going to play him instead of Cam Akers because that just happens. <laughs> so there are some pitfalls and holes I can poke in Akers that have me a little bit lower on him and, and really more as a back-end RB2 that I think you're going to get at least rushing production from him at minimum, especially because they're going to have to run the football to just try to move the ball on offense without Cup. But I really look at him more as a floor play. And if he was like an RB3 on my roster... I would probably lean towards a receiver with a boomer bust profile if I wanted more upside versus Akers, who I think is really more of a floor play in week one. All right, let's switch gears here from the ranks discussion from the running backs to the wide receivers, because I know that's a, a hot topic as well. And I want to find out what's next for Michael Pittman Jr., because we all love this wide receiver. And this new segment is brought to you by Miller Lite. Here's to what's next. And Michael Pittman is the subject here, because I don't think any of us really truly know What's coming next year for Michael Pittman Jr.? Because Anthony Richardson certainly looked rough around the edges at times in preseason. He is a rookie. He is still inexperienced. He is very exciting to watch regardless because of the talent that he offers potentially. But Michael Pittman, Erickson, you've got it wide receiver 33. Fitz has got him ranked at wide receiver 40. The ECR though, Erickson, is even higher than you at 32. So what's your confidence level here going into week one with Michael Pittman? I mean, he's the clear cut wide receiver one on his offense. So I think that in itself lends it. Okay. He's in the fantasy wide receiver three conversation. I don't think the matchup is, Oh, you can't start him against the Jaguars. Okay. Well, last time he played the Jaguars, he went 13 for 134 yards on 16 targets. So clearly he can beat the defensive backs that are playing him on the other side of the football against Jacksonville, expecting negative game script. If Jacksonville is going to put up points against Indianapolis Colts. So yeah, it's just a wild card because he could get 10 targets and he could catch like three because we don't know how accurate Anthony Richardson is going to be. And we've kind of saw that in the preseason games where Michael Pittman had like a seven target game, caught two passes for like 23 yards. So like, that's the scary thing with Pittman is he could still just be the alpha, but the passes are just way off. So he's not actually converting at a high rate. So I think he falls in that wide receiver three category, just because I do think that there's going to be target volume for him. It's a negative game script. There you go. That's potentially what's next for Michael Pittman Jr. in the eyes of Andrew Erickson. And with a cold middle light in your hand, that should be really what's next, too. You watching these games. So summer just doesn't taste great. It also tastes like Miller time. And there's still some weeks left of summer because I, I'm willing it to happen. So get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Fantasy Pros. That's MillerLite.com slash Fantasy Pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly, though. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. That's it. 3.2 carbs and 12 ounces. It's Miller time, baby. Now, let's go to you, Fitz, about Mr. Michael Pittman Jr., because maybe you don't feel like it is Miller time for him. You've got him a wide receiver 40, a little bit more daunting, a little bit more up from the air in terms of if you even want to start him in some leagues. So talk to me about your concerns. I know Erickson sort of voiced some of them. Hey, just because you're getting targets doesn't mean they're quality targets. It seems like you're kind of thinking things the same way. Poor Michael Pittman. He goes from playing with a <laughs> dusty Matt Ryan to playing with a rookie quarterback who's only had one season as a college starter and, uh, you know, is, is known more for his running than his passing. Um, I like Anthony Richardson a lot. I'm not bashing him, but we know it's not going to be pretty for him as a passer early on, getting his first taste of, of NFL defenses. And... Like, what if the Colts are ridiculously run heavy? Like, two years ago when Shane Steichen was the Eagles' offensive coordinator and Jalen Hurts was in his first season as a starter, the Eagles were ridiculously run heavy. 
Like they ran on 56% of their offensive snaps from week six on that year. And there were stretches where they were running on like 60% or more of their offensive snaps. They were basically a big 10 team. So if you're getting that kind of offense, like I don't want any wide receiver in that sort of offense. So um, I like Pittman a lot. One of these days, hopefully it's going to be with Anthony Richardson as he evolves as a passer. Pittman's going to be in a better situation, but this is not the year. Yeah, it's a it's a tough sell. And you're right. Poor Michael Pittman. But hopefully things will get better for him over the next few seasons. So maybe there's a good chance to buy low in Dynasty. I don't know. Fitz and Bogman hosting that Dynasty podcast. I know it's on hiatus now that we're in the season, but uh, I'm sure I, I have a feeling Fitz. It's going to be a hot topic of conversation, maybe come February, where you guys start to back yes, up again and start absolutely. to talk about Pittman's value. Jordan Addison's value this week. Erickson, you see it as wide receiver 37. Fitz sees it as wide receiver 42. ECR is right with you, Erickson, again at 37. So Addison, again, uh, he is a rookie. He is working his way into the NFL, working his way into the offense. You saw a ton of targets, obviously, last year. A ridiculous amount to Justin Jefferson and a lot to TJ Hawkinson. Are there enough here? Uh, still to warrant a wide receiver 37 ranking this week for Jordan Addison, the rookie Erickson. I mean, it depends on if you, your risk tolerance, you know, I could see Addison going out there, catch two passes for 23 yards, which is just the, the number that keeps popping in my mind when I think about bad performances <laughs> by wide receivers. I just got chills when you <laughs> said that right now. And I was like, yeah, that actually sounds really spot on to me. I don't know. That'll continue though. I do want to hear more. So it's entirely possible where this game doesn't shoot out because Tampa Bay is just trying to like drag it through the mud. They're trying to slow things down. They do have a much better defense than they have offense. So I talked about the Buccaneers run defense. I think it's still pretty good. I think their secondary still has a lot of good pieces in it. So they roll coverage of Justin Jefferson. It's like, all right, well, then you could see Addison like getting a decent amount of looks in the offense. And TJ Hawkinson's like missed a bunch of time during training camp with a, he had, he had like some weird injury and then he had a back injury and then he had the contract thing. So he really hasn't been practicing a lot either. So how Mm -hmm. fast is he going to come out the gates? And then we just recently got the depth chart unofficially by the Vikings where Addison's now listed behind KJ Osborne. So like there's a lot of scenarios where it's like, okay, is he even like the number two receiver now? Or is he like number four? So again, if I'm being more risk averse, I think I would like to just see him play a week with the offense, with all the starters out there. I think that that's fair, but if you need some upside, I mean, Jordan Addison is still playing in a dome. He's a first round pick. And if he gets a one-on-one looks because they're rolling coverage of Jefferson, like that was the thesis on Addison. Like that's why you wanted to draft him in the first place because he's going to have weeks where he blows up because the team is just trying to stop Jefferson. So that's, that's my take on Addison at wide receiver 37. Hey, Fitz, did it seem like during that conversation Erickson was having with himself that he's going to lower him in his rankings? Cause it feels like it, it feels like Erickson was almost <laughs> talking himself into lowering him. You've got him at wide receiver 42. So you're already there. Is that two for 23 line staring you in the face as well, potentially? Perhaps, Joe. And in fairness to to Erickson, I mean, wide receiver 37 is definitely not, you know, diving in head first on him for week one. True. And um, that's kind of it. Like, I'm I'm not pounding my shoe on the table, demanding that people keep Addison out of their starting lineups this week. But um, I'd like to get a show me game first from him. You know, we know Justin Jefferson is going to soak up a ton of targets. Um, Hawkinson is there too. Not sure about the health, but if he is reasonably healthy, he's probably going to be heavily involved in, you know, Mr. Uh, I'm higher on the depth chart. KJ Osborne is probably going to be involved. So mm-hmm. I, I just wonder what sort of target upside that leaves for Addison. You know, don't hate him. The, the young route running savant, like I'm excited about him, but I just don't know if I want to roll him out in week one. Well, speaking of potential targets here, Cortland Sutton 
certainly with Jerry Judy injured, has at least a pathway. I mean, Marvin Mims is there too. Yeah, okay. You know, he's a rookie. We'll see what he's capable of. But Sutton has, you know, been there for a while. He worked with uh, Russell Wilson last year. I know it's a new offense, but you've got him at wide receiver 31. That's where ECR is as well. Erickson's got him all the way at 40, though, which is, I, I think, still uh, some remnants from their breakup in the offseason. The two of them had a lot of drama. You could watch it all unfold on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. So uh, it seems like Sutton is an easy start for me this week, Fitz, and you kind of seem to be seeing things the same way where there might be some target opportunity that makes him a very viable wide receiver three. I know, man. I mean, come on, Erickson. Are you really that bitter about the way Cortland Sutton betrayed you last mm-hmm. season? I think he is. Um, I mean, no Jerry Judy. <laughs> Juicy home matchup against a bad secondary. The Broncos' number two receiver is a rookie playing his first NFL game. And you're not even ranking Sutton as a wide receiver three. Don't hold grudges, Erickson. Come on. That's come on, I, It's because I – well, the reason why he's not higher is because I like Marvin Mims more. Like, that's why. Like, if the Broncos had not drafted Marvin Mims, I, I would view Sutton totally differently. Why the rookie in the first week over the established veteran who's put up good seasons? Uh, again, playing devil's advocate, but I just want for all the people out there that might have both and maybe one spot to sit to, to, to start them. You've got Mims higher than Sutton is what you're saying, correct? Yes, that is correct. OK, make that argument. Why? I want to hear Because he the Sean Payton traded up to get Marvin Mims like this is their featured piece. Colton Sutton was from the last regime. They wanted to trade Cortland Sutton in the offseason, but they couldn't because all their receivers kept getting hurt. They couldn't move him, and it was like, we're stuck with this guy. So, yeah, if, if we're making a bet on, all right, who's going to get more targets? Okay, yeah, probably he's going to be Sutton, but who's going to do the most with his targets? Marvin Mims, if he gets a one-on-one look against Marcus Peters, do you think Sutton's going to beat him for an 80-yard touchdown? No, it's going to be Marvin Mims, the 21-year-old with wheels. That's going to burn Marcus Peters for a long touchdown against the Raiders. So that's the way I see I think Marvin Mims has more big play upside. And I think Sutton is more of a floor play because I think, yeah, you can probably lock in his targets. But the thing with him is he doesn't score touchdowns. Like It's just the worst thing about him. Like him and Russ don't have a good connection in the red zone where Mims doesn't need to be in the red zone to score. So I like Mims. Before we get to the listener mailbag, we got one more wide receiver to talk about. And perhaps one of the most controversial ones. Michael Thomas is back, at least for now, at least for week one. So Fitz, you've got him at wide receiver 36. I think a very diplomatic ranking, if you will. Uh, wide receiver 40 right now over on the ECR as fantasy pros. But Erickson, you've got him at 49. Erickson is not having it. Fitz, you think he is startable. He is viable. And hey, if you draft him, this might be the one time you get to start him all year and hope for the best. So I know this is not a ringing endorsement necessarily at wide receiver 36, but you are telling everybody he's viable either as a wide receiver three in 10 team leagues or in 12 team leagues as a potential flex play. So why is that in week one? Are you ready to go back to the Michael Thomas? Well, I think he's very viable in week one. Erickson's week one ranking for him, wide receiver 49. That's close to my draft ranking for Michael Thomas, but that bakes in all sorts of injury risk, which we know Michael Thomas has a lot of, um, but he's healthy right now. Mm-hmm. Like He is healthy right now. No, he's not going to catch 100 passes this year, even if he stays completely healthy. I mean, Chris Olave is just too good for that to happen. But Thomas can be a useful fantasy asset as a complimentary possession guy for David uh, Derek Carr. And with Thomas in a home matchup against a really bad Titans pass defense, I mean, the Titans are a run uh, pass funnel. Like, they're really good against the run really bad against the pass. They gave up more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers than any other team last year. Like this is actually a pretty good spot for Thomas in week one. Yeah, it's a quarterback upgrade. Uh, And last year in spurts, you saw Michael Thomas 
you know, at least have a nose for the end zone again. Uh, Erickson, that's my concern with your ranking is that it's so low that if he does get in that end zone, he's probably going to finish closer to where Pat's talking about wide receiver 36. Yeah, I mean, look, if you draft Michael Thomas, like Pat said, like you got to, this is when you start him. And, and I wasn't drafting Michael Thomas. So like, I don't have this problem because I don't think he's going to stay yes, healthy. but you have to rank him because you work at Fantasy Pros. So you still got to rank the guy. All right, fine. I'll move him up because he's healthy. Like, 48. So that's, there you go. From 49 to 48. We did it, Fitz. We did it. Now you don't have to take your shoe off and pound the table because God knows when you do that in meetings, it gets really nasty, really fast. But in all honesty here, Erickson, like if, if you did draft Thomas to the point we're all making, he is again, in quotation marks, healthy. So I'm going to do the quotation marks. And this is an opportunity where, hey, you know, first game out, everyone's very, you know, ready to go. Everyone's had time to prepare. Why not start him this week, right? I mean, I guess who are some of the wide receivers you have ranked ahead of him? Because if you are looking in this 40 range, it's got to be some questionable guys, no? Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Like he's around players that I just pro- projecting for decent volume. I think Nico Collins is going to get a lot of volume for the Texans. Okay. Kobe Myers, Juju, like guys that I'm not really super excited to play, but it's like someone has to catch the ball when the team drops back to throw. Like, so okay. Michael no, Thomas, that, that is, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Michael Thomas kind of fits into that category, but th- it is a good point to bring up that like when he was healthy last year, he was productive until just he wasn't healthy anymore. So Again, I made the argument for James Conner with this exact rationale where it's like, this is when he's healthy. So you, if the injuries is what was shying you away from the player or made you draft the player at a discount, well, this is where you take advantage of it. Like, there's no point in drafting Michael Thomas at the discount and then not using him when the reason you were discounting it was because of the injury. And week one is when we're going to see these guys mostly at their healthiest. So, yeah, I will, I will re- tweak the rankings and move Michael Thomas up. And make sure, everybody, you have your leagues all synced to my playbook so you can go look at all the tools there, who should you start. Also, you can go to fantasybros.com slash rankings, see all the rankings, where all the different experts have them, and make your decisions off of that and the who should I start tool and all the tools we have there. So sync your leagues to my playbook. That way you're prepared for all this. Real quick, before we go, a little listener mailbag from our Discord, fantasybros.com slash chat, free to join. But of course, if you're a premium at Fantasy Pros, you can upgrade and get access to stages, access to AMAs, and a whole lot more. And you can only do that by going to Fantasy pros.com slash premium and upgrading also this is from uh the question is from b wannabe 300 drop tanks tank bigsby excuse me for ty chandler and half ppr erickson is that a move you want to make do you want to drop tank bigsby for ty chandler i do not and i don't even like mm-hmm. tank bigsby so yeah there you go you want to keep him there you go fitz how do you feel about this one same yeah, if Erickson, the Bigsby basher, doesn't uh, want to do this move, how could I possibly want to do this move? Yeah, I mean, I just think um, draft capital suggests that Bigsby is the better back. And we, we really don't know what Ty Chandler is yet. Um, both guys in kind of squishy number two running back situations. But, you know, I think Bigsby is in the slightly better offense and, uh, you know, just has the better profile. Real quick before we get out, Joshua Kelly, Evan Hall, Tajay Spears, Sean Tucker. Would you drop Bigsby for any of those guys, Fitz? Mm. On your stash list, or are we getting now real close and dicey? Yeah. Um, Erickson, how about you? Sp- I would not. I you would not. not. Still keeping Bigsby. How about you, Erickson, real quick? I would rather have Spears, and I'd rather have Kelly. Spears and Kelly over Bigsby. There you go, wannabe. Hopefully that helps you out there. And again, if you need more help, we're always out there. You can follow us on X. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, fantasypros.com. 
Uh, that is where you get all of the rankings, all of the articles, everything you need. I want to thank our sponsors of today's show, including Game Time. Don't forget, that is the place to get tickets. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code FANTASYPROS to get $20 off your first order. And, of course, Miller Lite. Drink responsibly and get your Miller Lite delivered right to your door. MillerLite.com slash FANTASYPROS. That's the way to do it. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Pat Fitzmorris and Andrew Erickson, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.